you understand what I'm trying to say? Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save with the world in a grave. Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy. And you tell me. Red Button Conversation Set Free Red Button This is a red button Christmas card from Istanbul. Wait a minute. No, it's not. It's from Perth, Perth, Western Australia, where on Christmas Day this year, the main consideration is the temperature, which is going to be, we think, in the early 30s. Sometimes here it's uh, just really hot, but uh, we, we're probably going to be okay this year. We're hosting lunch on Christmas Day here at our house in suburbia of Perth. And we're having my in-laws over. So mother, father and sister. And also the children, my stepkids and my kids and their partners. So they're going to be about, oh, maybe about 15 people sitting around a lunch table fact it's going to be two lunch tables and everyone's sort of bringing a, a plate of some sort and uh, the other sort of main consideration for me is not to get too sloshed with uh, really high quality red wine from western australia which is always brought by my father-in-law who is a wine connoisseur and if i can get away with just having half a bottle uh that'll be good because uh when the second bottle gets opened it normally gets finished quite quickly and uh given that and given the heat and the flies and the sort of the uh, the, the aridness of the uh, of the day i really don't want to be drinking too much red but there we go that's what it is and then of course there's the obligatory coffee and uh, feet up on the sofa afterwards and uh waking up the next morning on boxing day thinking why did I do it? But that's, that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Okay, let's have some conversation, please. Thank you. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin. Oh, welcome one and all. We're on Red Button. Uh, the follow-up, we're following uh, a wonderful version. It would all watch award-winning show, Box 39. I'm Bill Lawrence, and we're joined here, as always, by uh, Ian Tallentire, uh, Mike Harwood, and our very special guest tonight. We've She's been here before, Jill Ball. Hello, Jill. Hello. Thanks for having me. And you're very, very welcome. I'm glad you made your way up here all the way to the fourth floor. I understand the lifts aren't working tonight, so you did very well to come up all those stairs. Thank you very much. And 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 we thank also Lord David Price, who quite unusually this year is not uh, at Her Majesty's Pleasure at Christmas. He seems to be in Western Australia, and he sent us that Christmas card. So thank you, David. Hope you have a happy Christmas. And we're celebrating Christmas very early here in Red Button, as is our as is our want to do. So it's Christmas. Christmas is coming. And uh, we brought Jill in. Jill was going to talk about Christmas. She's an expert on Christmas. <laughs> uh, so it's on her CV. It's in her DNA. So, uh, Chris, uh, Jill, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's Christmas mean to you? Family, friends. Mm. Um, also, um, I'm a Christian, so it's the birth of Jesus. So that's yeah. kind of a great time to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just getting together with family, friends, Christmas carols, 
Nice. Cheesy pop songs. Nice. So you, you, you're fully into the, the Christmas that exists. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't change anything. It's a, it's a wonderful spiritual holiday. Uh, we're all about personal and selfish pleasure and joy. Yeah, something like that. But, <laughs> but there is a bit of the kind of bar humbug about me as well. Is there? I hate Christmas oh. decorations going up too early. Yeah. And um, today felt like the first day of Christmas because the John Lewis advert came out. I don't know whether you've caught it yet. No. I understand they sold out of Christmas puddings today because haven't they got names this year? Oh, I don't know. You probably well, know Christ- more about, about <laughs> that than I do, but maybe they do. Christmas what? pudding has a name. Yeah, I was told that they've introduced two Christmas puddings and one has a male and one has a female name. And they were launched this morning. Evidently, their um, social media peeps were um, in situ at uh, like 2 a.m. And by about half past 10 in the morning, they'd sold out. Oh, it's so sad people aren't <sighs> making their own. So, Julia, you'd say that commercialism uh, is pretty integral then to the celebration. No, I don't think it's integral. It's just part of what happens now, isn't it? But you're quite happy with it. Or not happy. You're not happy with John Lewis. No, John Lewis is fine. It's just, you know, it's the 14th of November and mm-hmm. Christmas decorations are everywhere. On, I was in a hotel earlier this week. They've got their tree up. Are they really? And you just sort of think... <laughs> there won't be a lot left of that by Christmas Day, will there? Has Santa arrived and put some presents under I it as well? I think there is a Celtic tradition that Advent begins in November, but for most people it begins the 1st of December, and that... Yeah. Yeah, any sooner it's just a bit too much. Yeah, and but but you do like a lot of it then. I mean, you, you, you're you sort of suggesting you like the, uh, the, the carols, and uh, would you regard those as part of the Christian festival, the carols, or are they just a good excuse for a good old sing-song? Oh, there's nothing like having carols in the pub, is there? It's just yeah. a good celebration. People love having a sing. It's that whole thing. It brings everybody together. And there's a lot of tradition, isn't there? People feel very nostalgic. I do, mm. especially as you get older. It's a bit sad in a way, isn't it? But you sort of, you kind of hark back to the sort of times when you were young and you kind of remember the joy of thinking that you could hear the sleigh of Santa in the night and all of that. <laughs> and so there's something really special about... Um, Singing Christmas carols, yeah. everyone's probably got their favourite. Mine, I think, is O Come All You Faithful, which is one of the oldest carols that was ever written. I think it's a, a right. original um, words were in Latin, so it's really old. XX. Yeah. Absolutely, we're back to that. Back to it. So I sense there's a bit of scene setting goes on in your household in the run-up to Christmas. Well, you might think so, but I, personally, I wouldn't put my tree up till Christmas Eve if I had my way, but I get completely overruled in our house. Um, we're, I'm kind of fortunate because my youngest daughter's birthday is in December, so we don't tend to put things up till after her birthday. But if I can drag it out to Christmas Eve, I would. So you're saying uh, that, that the traditions, they do come and go. They're a bit generational. So your generation, maybe my generation, was you got your Christmas tree on Christmas Eve, but it stayed for two weeks afterwards. Well, now it, it arrives earlier, but it's gone by on Boxing Day. I don't know. I think Twelfth Night's still the thing, isn't it? And, exactly. and everyone panics as to whether it's the 5th of, just, 5th of January or the 6th of January. Nobody's quite sure. A lot of the traditions that we all hark back to are sort of Dickensian, aren't they? We have this sort yeah. of Victorian Christmas. Sure. And that won't be... Sh- why, why can't we shake that? Why, why do we hang on to something uh, uh, we sort of hark back to 150 years ago to a mythical Christmas of Victorian times? It, it was really Prince Albert, wasn't it? When he married Queen Victoria, he brought over a lot of traditions from Germany. Yeah. And she was so in love with Albert that she was ready to embrace everything. And if it was good enough for the Queen and her husband, then the rest of the country but, followed suit. But she did die a long time ago. Yeah, but... We're still st- into that, aren't we? People are still harking back to empire, aren't they? Yeah. And then again, she lived long enough for it to become tradition, didn't she? <laughs> but if you think about Christmas cards, uh, with the you know, a little picture of a, a Dickensian thing, Christmas cards actually are no longer part of the tradition because the number of Christmas cards, I believe, being sent by the post office uh, anticipated this year is around about 5%, 5% of the number of Christmas cards that were sent 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah, I believe that. We stopped sending cards probably about 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, formerly, probably because of Facebook, you're sort of in touch with so many people or you can talk to them however you like, can't you? So I tend to send a lot of Christmas greetings out through Facebook. We do send some cards to family and friends, sort of people that were at our wedding, that kind of thing. But we also give to charities. So we pick a few charities and the money that I would have spent on the cards and the postage, which is crippling these days, we sort of we pick about three or four charities and we give a little bit of money to each. So, so a big part of your traditional Christmas is a traditional social media Christmas then. Yeah, 
it's, it's traditions move on, don't they? And I think we have to embrace them as they move on. We sort of allow uh, little strains, little little sort of traces or whispers of old traditions, but we have to build the new ones, don't we? Yeah, and I think the Christmas letter has been probably re- been replaced by the Christmas Facebook post. So do you, yeah. you must remember you used to get letters from friends sort of describing how Indeed. children were being successful and husbands and yes. being promoted and yes. wives were baking dutifully and all that kind of stuff. That yeah, went they, on. they were always a great point of entertainment Absolutely. and um, fun, really. But are many of these traditions really ways of ensuring there's some economic benefits for uh, associated companies? Isn't the whole idea of sending Christmas cards, wasn't that really to keep Clint- Clintons in, in business and and the, uh, the post office and and but no I'm quite serious there's a lot of Christmas traditions even today and the Christmas tradition now is John the, the first day of the John Lewis advert which is as commercial as you can get isn't it and don't forget now you've got Black Friday that comes in and Cyber Monday so because of Thanksgiving and because of online shopping so you get all the big sales happening at the end of November so you get, everyone gets paid at the last week of November Black Friday happens and everybody's buying all their Christmas gifts so there's that's a bit of a tradition too now I think so, so it's a big thumbs up to the traditions, but also to the traditions uh, developing uh, for the next generation. Yeah, I think I think most families have got their own stuff that they do. I mean, yeah. have you heard about the elf on the shelf? No. Oh my God, is the most an elf on the shelf. The, the elf on the, So this is the <clears> new <throat> way for mothers, particularly, to torture themselves daily throughout December, as if the pressures weren't enough. So you, there's an elf that comes to stay on the first of December. And the elf really? plays all kinds of jokes and tricks on the children of the family. Oh. Um, and the elf is really there to make sure that they're behaving. So if the children are doing well, the, the, the elf might do some naughty tricks just to make sure that Santa knows it's not them doing the tricks, that it is the elf. But it keeps the children on the toes. So I've got friends who make works of art out of this. So, they'll be, so one day the elf drew moustaches on all the children when they woke up. <laughs> and they had to go to school with sharpie moustaches i've got friends who spray shaving foam all over the mirror and it was the elf that did it and spill rice krispies across the 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 things that people do if you go on go on to google and google for elf on the shelf and the ideas and tricks that people come up with and and if you commit to this and you tell your children that there's going to be an elf staying for the for the whole month and he might play tricks on you you've got 24 days (laughs) of tricks to prepare but there are just to themselves but there are echoes of uh pre-christian traditions out of the ideas of elves and goblins oh yeah absolutely so it's a remarkable that it's being developed those ancient ideas are still with us but they're getting a little bit of a twist of the modern 21st century world that's great isn't it really yeah it is so it's it's there to lift our spirits isn't it in the deep midwinter christmas it does lift us i mean you lifted my spirits with the idea of the elf on the shelf i think (laughs) it's quite great i think the very idea mr lawrence of lighting a wood or a cold fire and sitting around it warming your your tootsies now you're talking you know that's it's that is it is it not part of sort of hunkering down on these cold nights in a nice warm room with your kids? You know, whether you just sat there reading a book or watching a film together, it's family time. It's about spending time with the people that you, you know, that you've brought up and that you love. Indeed. Isn't it? It is. It is. Good. Yeah. We love Christmas, we've decided. Um, one of the things we asked you, Jill, was to, to choose our music for tonight. Um, and uh, the first piece of music you've chosen is by you two, and it's called Streets Have No Names. Why did you choose that for us? So um, this album it comes from the album The Joshua Tree, which came out in about 1986, and you two really took everybody by storm at Live Aid the year before, so I was sort of 13, 14, and this is the first track on the album. I absolutely love it, and I'd like it at my funeral.
We're going to listen now to our second Christmas card tonight. Um, and this is from our wonderful new friend, who's absolutely brilliant and awesome. This is from Pamela. This is a red button Christmas card from Seattle in the USA in what is affectionately known as the PNW or Pacific Northwest. I'm actually in Tacoma, Washington, which is about 24 miles southwest of Seattle. It looks like I might be on call for Christmas this year. I work for the mobile crisis unit. Basically, it's the suicide hotline for youth in my town. I know it's not a very cheery thought, but in reality, the holidays aren't always the nicest time of the year for some people. And so we're hoping that we can provide support and hope for people who may not have that kind of hope during the Christmas season. For me, I'm hoping it's going to be a quiet day. Most of my family will be out of town. Um, I had planned to stay in my bed with chocolates and books that I hadn't finished and a glass or two of red wine, which may have to wait until after I'm on call. The holidays always start for me on American Thanksgiving, which is the fourth Thursday of November. And I will be traveling to Salt Lake City, Utah, to visit with my three beautiful grandchildren and my youngest daughter. In between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I hope to be spending time with family and friends during the weeks between attending holiday parties, walking along the waterfront and seeing the lights that the people have decorated their boats with, and the lights of this city. So cheers to all, and I hope you have a wonderful, happy holiday season. Red Button, with this week's special guest, Jill Bell. What? All right. Uh, it's Ball. Jill Ball. It says Bell on the script. I'm just saying. All right. Red Button, pressurizing our friends to appear on the show. And we are here. This is uh, Red Button. We are with Jill Ball, and that was Pamela, who sounds like she's going to have a pretty wonderful time. More red wine being drunk. We've got that from Lord David Price. Yeah. Seems to have a red wine Chocolate theme. in bed. Chocolate in bed. Sounds bad. And sounds wonderful. Well, so. not, not bad. And finish off all those uh, those unfinished novels and texts <laughs> yeah. that you've sort of part given up on during the year. What a great, great way to spend yeah. your day. Wonderful, Pamela. I hope she has that quiet day. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are here with Red Button, and uh, we've, t- we've talked about uh, Christmas and uh, tradition and uh, sort of uh, the uh, commercial side of it. And uh, what other traditions should we talk about? Well, I was, I was wanting to ask Jill how she feels about rituals at Christmas. Is your, is your, does your Christmas follow, um, know a set pattern do you do you, do you wake early in, do the children i should say not you do the children wake you early in the morning you know, my, my children never wake early in the oh, morning that's a fantastic <laughs> a relaxed start to the day i mean you mentioned that you're a christian and it's uh, for you it is part partly the celebration of the birth of christ i mean does does the christmas period have a structure have a ritual associated with it for you and your family yeah we've, we do quite a few things it's um we usually go to the pantomime so steve's parents oh no you don't Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, she does. And so we're really fortunate. Um, Steve's parents take us to the Panto um, every year, which is a brilliant start, usually gets us going. Um, We end up at um, church Christmas Eve. They have a Christingle, so that's really good fun. When the girls were really little, they could kind of run around and wave flags, and now they're a bit more chilled, but they just come and enjoy the the ceremony, the the, the celebration of it. also on Christmas Eve, Father Christmas drops off a whole lot of new pyjamas. And so we have to go and find those in the garden. Does that enhance sleep in, the garden. In, your, in your household? Well, because he's, he's on his way to Australia, you see. Uh. So there's usually some glitter to kind of lead the way, but not anymore because obviously glitter is not very environmentally friendly. No, so, no. so Santa's caught up with, so with you, climate change, do fortunately. Tr- or do the girls track um, Father Christmas on the NORAD? Um, we have done in the past, yeah. probably. Maybe not this year. they slightly older and maybe a little wiser so is there going to be a lot of red wine for you because you're carrying this uh, meme of red wine uh, 
around? And chocolate. Red wine and chocolate. And usually wrapping till midnight. (laughs) (laughs) And does that indulgence come guilt-free or is there a price to be paid? Oh, don't ask me questions like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think if you kind of go into it with an open mind, you know that what you're going to do and why would you be guilty it's a great time of celebration absolutely so. and, and everyone we've spoken to tonight so it seems to be fairly guilt-free like david was uh, very guilt-free about knocking back his red wine and pamela's uh, very guilt-free about sitting there listening to episodes of bill's big bag of onions in bed eating her chocolate so you know good it should be guilt-free shouldn't well, it it's well, time absolutely. to be guilt-free i imagine lord david is thinking uh, how few sort of transport miles are associated with his classic australian reds yeah it's a day off from Less, salmon from him is it absolutely far, is it? absolutely <laughs> so how, how important is uh, the ritual of food in your family celebration Joel? oh it's massively important isn't it i mean growing up my mum would make a christmas pudding she'd make a christmas cake we'd all stir the pudding uh, there'd be mince pies and all sorts of things and now i live with um a whole family who hate fruit and hate fruit cake so there's no christmas puddings in our house because I, I've made it one year and I ate the whole lot myself. So there's no, there's no real point. Um, Ailey will join me in a mince pie, but, um, that's about it. So, um, the food rituals just depend on whether we're hosting Christmas or not. Um, last year I made the most amazing ham and pea soup, um, that we left sort of soaking overnight and then kind of ate kind of gratefully on Christmas Eve. I try not to cook too much Christmas Eve, but just something that's really easy to go with. This year, Christmas, we're spending with family away from home, so no Christmas food rituals for us, really. So, you've so not that's, been, quite, that's quite a relief. You're not had your arms twisted to provide, you know, 15 not, no, pounds we, of cheese. We or, did that last year. Oh, okay. We did that last okay. year. Okay. Now, Christmas, obviously, for some people, is uh, a time of real loneliness and mm. angst and anxiety. Um, do you find that Christmas, for you and your family, provides uh, a sense of comfort, structure, control and stability? Yeah, I think that's a really good way of describing it. And I think that's why people get so stressed by it because they want to make sure that it is perfect, that the the family don't the family don't um, fall out over um, politics or have some great crisis of illness or anything. They want it to just go really well. They want children to be delighted with their gifts. And it puts so much pressure on people. That, that need for the structure and the comfort of Christmas that we all want then creates quite a an impact on the way that we manage, try and manage it, I think. So does that require more simplicity or more cash? Well, hopefully more simplicity, but we all feel the need to spend the cash, don't we? And that's a real shame. Yeah, it was just interesting from the previous chat we had when you mentioned, or I mentioned, you know, sitting down with the fire and you saying, yeah, kids around you. Um, and it's that picture of family and warmth. Mm. Um, if only it could be that simple mm. without the electronic goods, you know, mm. just that sense of togetherness and, uh, well, yeah, warmth and well-being. And actually that, I think, is what our kids really like, but they also want presents. So. <laughs> Don't you think there's a, there is a massive pressure to enjoy Christmas? There's a massive pressure to enjoy these traditions and to be together. Mm. I've spent uh, a number of Christmases without anyone else quite happily. Uh, you see, I have a, f- a family that live with me, so I see them. We have our Christmas Day on the 23rd or the 26th. You just change the date. And it's, mm. and it's very nice curl up. I, I actually do quite uh, uh, embrace the idea that we've heard from other people that you sit up in in bed and you just can spoil yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself. Seems very nice. I'm actually spending my first Christmas with my parents. For the, well, it will be the first time since I was... 18. Um, wow. They have unfortunately been in bad 79 years. Yeah, that long. So they've been in bad health and uh, we, the, four, the four siblings have decided it is time to have a parental Christmas once more. Wonderful. Just to replay yeah. the old records, have oh, the same brilliant. old uh, and fights yeah. and arguments. That is wonderful. <laughs> you enjoy it while you can. Yeah, it is wonderful, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. that sounds it's really It's like pre- play it again precious. Sam, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Good. Oh, nice. That's nice to hear. Well, look, uh, Jill, you know what we, we asked you to do was to choose our records for tonight. And you've chosen another one for us by, uh, 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 not particularly Christmassy. Uh, we sort of sprung the Christmas idea on you. <laughs> uh, thanks to uh, events happening elsewhere. We had a slight change of plan with our, our show tonight. So, uh, you, you've chosen, um, a band that I don't know much about, but I think they are. Oh, yeah, Seattle band, Nirvana. Nirvana, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Smells like teen spirit. It's kind of the classic track of the 90s, isn't it? 
for me, I think I was completely in love with Kurt Cobain. Absolutely loved his stuff. I loved his angst. I loved the pain. And it was such a shock in the end when that pain was all too real and he took his own life. Yeah, so I absolutely love this song. Yeah. This is a red button Christmas card from Yogyakarta in Indonesia. Well, we're approaching Christmas now and it's a national holiday. There's also a holiday at New Year's. So that week between Christmas and New Year's is often a time when a lot of Indonesians travel, maybe on holiday or to return to their original neighborhood or that kind of thing. The other thing that's a factor here for Christmas is that every now and then it coincides with the Muslim equivalent of Christmas, which is Idul Fitri, which is like a three-day celebration after a month of fasting. 
So I suppose it's more like Easter then, really, isn't it? After, after the month of Lent. Uh, the last time that they fell on the same day, I believe, was the year 2000. And it may have come pretty close in 2014. I can't quite remember. I just know that it all becomes a big conflagration when they do coincide. Christmas is on the 25th of December every year, whereas Idul Fitri is decided by the cycle of the moon, which means it moves forwards by 11 days. So if it's on the 11th of the month this year, next year it will be on the 1st of the month. It does that every year, approximately 11 days, which means that the next time that they're going to coincide is going to be something like 2037 or something. don't know. It was in about May, late May, very beginning of June this year. So it'll probably be in the middle of May next year. So there you go. That's what I have to tell you. We will be visiting family and it will actually be a kind of a quiet day as, as is usual with uh, nobody going to work and not very many cars and motorbikes passing the house. So anyway, it's a little bit soon, I know, but Merry Christmas. Okay, let's have some conversation, please. Thank you. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin. Hey, you're listening to Red Button from the uh, Guppy Production Stable here on the fourth floor of Colm Radio Towers. Welcome, everyone. We've got our special guest, Jill Ball. Hello again, Jill. Hello. And uh, we've been talking about Christmas because Christmas is a coming. That's right. And um, we talked about uh, all the positive things about uh, family, about bringing people together. Um, and uh, Ian mentioned uh, earlier about uh, it's uh, extra extra kind of um, hurtful sometimes for lonely people. And uh, I just wondered whether, Jill, you know what it's done, say, for in, in, in Colchester, for uh, the homeless or for people that wouldn't have a family at that time? I know Beacon House do a lot of great work with the homeless at this That's time of year. Yeah, and yeah. Um, the food bank obviously is getting kind of stocked um, lots of the schools have been doing harvest collections, haven't they? And all of that will go into the Christmas gifts. So the uh, I'd just like to say that there is a um, um, a new tradition, as we're talking about traditions for Christmas this year, and it's the, uh, what's the thing where you open a little door on a chocolate thing? Advent. 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 It's the Food Bank Advent Christmas this year, and it's been done across the country. And the idea is that every day you add something, uh, to your box full of food and you don't take it to the food bank until Christmas Eve because it's after Christmas when there's a real shortage of food yeah. so uh, that's the new sort of uh, tradition this year to to have your food bank advent what so I would encourage everyone to do that stick a box in the corner of your yeah. your uh, kitchen and just pop something in every day as you eat your chocolate from yeah. your advent calendar what a, good idea. what a good idea and yeah. if there was um, you could have a uh, if it's a big family, maybe you have um, one day um, Jack puts something in, next day Sarah, but it means there's a communal mm. thing about what would be important yeah. to the people on the day. But of course, there's the other great organisations as well as the food banks and Beacon House. We've got the, uh, you know, uh, Shelter yeah. nationally will be um, running their Christmas kitchens as they as they always do. Yeah. Uh, the Night Shelter here in Colchester will be doing doing its bit to ease the life of those who mm. are living without or under great stress so i think the more we can do to back them to be quite honest we will all probably benefit from feeling we have a more deserving christmas ourselves yeah, yeah that's an absolutely brilliant idea in fact, funnily enough on a kind of parallel line i suppose but but not so, sort of thinking about local people but thinking about climate change one of my friends has decided that this year they're not going to have an advent calendar they're going to watch christmas films every day rather than have an advent calendar, because there's so much plastic and junk and very little chocolate yeah. in an advent calendar, really. Um, and so actually what you've just said, Bill, combined with that idea, I think that might be kind of what we'll do for advent, because that's yeah. quite a, a special time. And you know there are obviously 24 days for advent, so something they're suggesting in our church is if you start for reading material, the Book of Luke has 24 chapters, so you could read one chapter a day 
to prepare for Christmas. Well, I think we mm. could all probably, again, learn from Europe. I know that we're not uh, supposed to make any reference, but we can learn from their Advent tradition where they would use a cloth backing with some Christmas motifs on it with 24 sewn pockets, and you would just drop a chocolate or a very small gift into each of those pockets and therefore create your own non-plastic, recyclable, 100% recyclable Advent calendar. Lovely, yeah. Well, that's, well, that's uh, what, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking... Great ideas. Another aspect of um, climate uh, climate crisis is um, flying. And uh, uh, although uh, we might have the urge to go off to very sunny climes, it's not very environmental. So uh, perhaps we could persuade our friends not to fly, but to uh, work in the food bank for a morning. Or to catch that? the boat. I hate to say, Mike, my, uh, my idea of either a log or a coal fire probably isn't that environmentally friendly either. But... Uh, you know, some I, I agree. The jet travel and uh, well, burning any fossil fuels is not necessarily a good idea. But uh, every so often, treat yourself like that fire. Yeah. There's lots of discussion as well about um, Christmas trees, as to whether having a real Christmas tree is environmentally friendly. I mean, we've got a plastic one that's been in the loft. Probably, you know, we bring it down every year. We we've had real trees occasionally, but mostly we've used our plastic tree yeah. and I think we've had it about 18 years so it doesn't owe us anything and it's going to keep going for a little more more but what will we do when it finally gives up the ghost do we go yeah. for a real tree and people are suggesting that you buy a, pot, a properly potted tree that you can bring in and bring out but we had a bit of a chat about this with some friends on Facebook and one of the guys who's quite a keen gardener said he wasn't sure a tree could really survive that kind of in and outness. Yeah. how about a virtual tree and you can have a virtual fire can't you well, you don't. You do. Do you really need a tree? I mean, I know it's a great tradition of dear old Albert when he married Victoria. So you bring it across, but why don't you just go and, and find yourself um, a, a branch that's fallen, or you know, a, a bough, a small bough, <laughs> stick it in a pot. It's done its bit. You can recycle it after the event, and you can still decorate it. Why do you need things with pin with you know little pins on it that fall all over the carpet or your wooden laminate? And get onto your toenails. Well, I I would say, wouldn't you, Mike? This is a great example of people creating completely pointless rules for completely arbitrary holidays. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking about uh, what becomes accepted, but uh, is it really necessary? I mean, uh, presents, for example. I mean, uh, they're necessary, Mike. Plastic. Lots of plastic. <laughs> I love lots presents, of, what about, everybody. What about the, all the delivery vans? <laughs> all the uh, extra pollution there. I mean, what about? Um, not spending more than five pounds per person. Do you think that would work? It's a great idea. I'm all for it. Can't uh, buy an iPad for the kids with only five quid. I'm not no. sure. I think it might cause a lot of dissent. And sometimes there's enough dissent around Christmas just no, through I, relatives. I, I mean, um, we did it a couple of years ago where we did a cash restricted Christmas. Yeah. Did um, it work? Did it work? Yeah, and we've and certainly yes, it did, and it caused a great deal of hilarity actually. Because if you're creative with your limited sum of money, you can yeah. still have great fun, yeah. um, and the fun tends to be more inclusive. I would say if you spend less, because yeah. they tend to be things that you would use together. Um, mm. And we certainly at work we've always done themed themed Christmases. So with yeah. whether it be a colour or a texture, whether it has to be cloth or what, or whatever. A restriction of some type, but with a cash limit on it. Yeah. I think you have to be very tolerant, don't you? I mean, I've already heard that um, a certain relative of my uh, uh, my family has got me a um, rather unusual present, which is a, uh, a shoe expander. What are those called? When they, they put the thing inside the shoe and it expands? Shoe a foot. Expander? especially global warming your feet feet expand don't they I think we know exactly what you mean anyway it's one of those things that expands shoes it doubles up as a a toilet uh, holder now I'm not sure that would be my favourite present so how do we how do we when you're in the same room and someone gives you something like that how do you how do you just act? This is, oh, thank you. I always wanted one of these. How does it do? How's well, we it were talking about new traditions. I think the new tradition you need to engage with, Mike, is selling all your unwanted presents on eBay. Well, no, I don't do eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas may be the time to start, sir. Yeah. Or wrapping them up and passing them on. Yeah. Recycling, Recycling them. Recycling, yeah. Or reusing them. Yeah, yeah. Or just say, when someone gives you something like, oh, thank you, how unusual. Yeah. 
That's a very kind of... I think what we're saying, Mike, is you need to start practicing lying. <laughs> or maybe just send them an email as to what you'd really like. Is that in the Christmas spirit? Yeah, send them an email, yeah. Depends fun. on whether you're smiling when you say it, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, what else have we got around Christmas? Um, Would you miss Christmas, Mike? Uh... No. Jill, no. would you miss Christmas? Yeah, I think would I would. I think, but would I miss all the kind of commercial crap around it? No. But would I miss celebrating something in the middle of winter that we do at the moment? Yeah, I would. And I'm not sure that I would like an Australian Christmas. I don't think... Um, we were in Thailand um, for Christmas one year, and it was fun, but it wasn't the same because there was no... It wasn't cold and it wasn't damp, and I like that. Ten years or so, sorry, ten years ago, about ten years ago, I was with Adrian out in Jogjakarta, and I didn't experience any Christmas really, It's apart from uh, one gentleman wearing a piece of tinsel who was uh, at a sort of shopping mall. It seems to have changed there now from what Adrian was saying with his postcard, Mm. but I went that whole winter without any Christmas, and I I didn't notice it, no, I didn't. I had a great time. I do remember being on the back of a motorbike, being driven across Jogjakarta on Christmas Eve by someone I'd never met before on a way to a party. So we had a great time. <laughs> did the nasi goreng taste better on Christmas Day? Was it the best nasi goreng you'd ever had? Yeah, I did. No, I, I couldn't get back into Adrian's house. We, we somehow lost each other during the night and a, a, a taxi driver dropped me off and I couldn't get back into his house at four in the morning because his compound was locked up. So I just sat there and was, was stared at by quite a lot of the local neighbours of uh, Adrian. Yeah, it was all right. No nasty goreng, just some stairs. Happy Christmas, Mr. Yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Mike. Yeah, no, I was just uh, wondering if uh, people who like uh, look forward to going uh, elsewhere have uh, been disappointed. As, as an example, you see, you're ahead of me. But, um, I just also wonder about no trains, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. People, the, the train workers have to have holidays, but it's very difficult for uh, some relatives who don't have cars, but uh, maybe that's just tough. What do you think? Maybe it's more difficult because you have to have them stay with you for longer. <laughs> it is a nightmare for my children who Spot have to... There, my children are... One of them works in retail and she's got to get from uh, Brighton to Colchester and then somehow from Colchester back to Brighton when there's no trains on God's yeah, earth that, in England. That's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Are there any coaches? Or? No. No. Great song no, about Dance National Taxi, Express, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it. I think it is difficult, but this is, it's part of the problem of having non-nuclear families anymore. We are, you know, our families tend to be not just dispersed across the country, but dis- dispersed across the. Um, the continents. And the holiday season is a misnomer because her shop will close at six o'clock on Christmas Eve and be expected to open at eight o'clock in the morning on Boxing, Boxing Day. Day. Yeah. yeah, what about sales? People going there at six in the morning on Boxing Day. What kind of holiday is that? Well, if they want to stand outside the shop for three hours, that's up to them. Oh, yeah. People would... love it, don't they? And they have a fight. As I don't understand it myself, but I have. carry on. <laughs> yeah, but think of the poor people that go to work in that shop to serve them that I used to gift. be I used to be yeah. one of them, Bill. I, I spent I spent uh, fourteen years on the on the bounce, um, actually working on Christmas Day, doing yeah. emergency um, work, dispensing prescriptions on Christmas Day. And to be quite honest, it was probably the best day of the year. <laughs> I probably yeah. in those fourteen years only had one rude person, um, and it's you know when you when everybody actually comes in and says hello. Happy Christmas, and when they leave, they say thank you very much, mm. yeah. and I hope you have a really nice day when you get home. It is a shame, though, that it that, is that only nice exists at Christmas. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, because I can tell you on Christmas Eve, it would have been pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> so what Christmas does seems to do is really sharpen the fact that we have a lovely time, and everyone's happy with each other. There's a great spirit. Why can't we have that for the rest of the year? Yeah, and I well, think, and I, the other thing I'd say is that probably on the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh, that twenty four hours of goodwill as well and truly disappeared, mm. um, well, or certainly you don't you don't come across it. No, that's right. On a positive note, I'm thinking uh, when I was um, in between jobs in uh, London, uh, what I used to love doing was working in the post office in Ledbrook Grove, and there were like fifty odd. Uh, postman, all kind of laughing, smiling. The atmosphere is fantastic. And, uh, for example, um, I just remember that, uh, song, uh, Have You Got a Light Boy came through on the radio. You got 50 uh, postmen 
they're all kind of happy because they know they're gonna they've got a good conditions of work. They're gonna go out. It seems like there's gonna be some problems this Christmas with uh, although the uh, strike has been banned, I think. But uh, the uh, just the kind of atmosphere. Have you all in unison singing? Have you got a light, boy? It was just amazing. Then you go out and uh, <laughs> do your first round, come back and have a healthy breakfast, and then. But there was a great sense of um, community and uh, family. Memorable, you know. But I don't know what it's like now. So you're saying, Mike, that Christmas, the, the best thing about Christmas is a sense of community. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'd endorse yeah. that, wouldn't we? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be optimistic. Uh, yeah. Well. The joy of it, to be quite honest, I spent one, my first Christmas that I spent abroad, um, came across or up the valley um, at about two o'clock on Christmas morning, having had one or too many, two schnapses um, at the in-law or the, 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 the great-grandparents down in the valley, um, tucked ourselves up in bed, got up on Christmas morning, and the valley was white with snow. Now, if you've ever experienced that that wonder of, you know, having gone to bed late at night and there being nothing on the ground and then waking and seeing this, you know, this covering, this total covering of white and the magic and mystery associated with that, that is, that's quite wonderful. I think, yeah. I think that's how Adrian felt when he woke up and looked out of his compound and saw <laughs> me lying on the ground. <laughs> There's a magical the, man in a white jacket on, lying on the ground On there. the pavement outside his gate. <laughs> now, Jill, your third piece of music, let's talk us through your, your third piece of music. Um, someone called Tori Amos and a song called Crucify. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. Um... So again, it's an, another track from my youth in my 20s. Um, Tori Amos is the most amazing songwriter and pianist. And um, she grew up in, um, her father was a Methodist minister. She, he used to take her to play in the gay bars in the city where she lived because he knew she wouldn't come to any harm there as a teenage girl. Um, and this song is kind of, um, yeah, about how people put themselves under lots of struggling and suffering. I used to drink a lot of black coffee and smoke cigarettes listening to this. Heart is being changed. 
last stop on the round was top of the hill to listen to Box 39. It were like taking radio to the top of the world. And after the music and magazine show with its eclectic mix of chat, interviews, features and the funny side of life in our community, we'd put the kettle on and have doorsteps of Red Button, the perfect later evening conversation show that follows Box 39. Get it inside you lads, we'd say. Does you good that red button. I've never heard radio like it. Box 39 and then red button. Thursday evenings from 8 to 10 on Comb Radio. It's as good today as it's always been. This is a red button Christmas card from Istanbul. Well, it's now 6.22 on a Tuesday morning in Istanbul and I'm standing by the terminus for the Metrobus which has just shot me over the Bosphorus. Uh, the Metrobus is a great invention. There wouldn't be room in London for this. A lane devoted entirely to a bus so that no other traffic can get in its way. And as I come through the exit barrier, I see the words come to England for 359 lira but the England they're talking about is the England at the language school so many Turks want English basically because it just provides that bit of an edge if you're working for a bank or you're working for an international company and uh, also for the opening of the door that you might represent the company with some travel and leave the country and as an Englishman if that's what I define myself here in this great city I have to say that when I daily pass through that barrier come to England I'm quite happy that when I get through the other side I'm not in England I'm in this big maelstrom of a metropolis I do however when I go through that barrier, come to England every morning, also bear in mind that I bring England back here every year at Christmas. It's got to the point now where initially, not being surrounded by any Christmas cheer whatsoever, more and more Christmas decorations have become marketed here. And uh, I've even seen Santa's climbing through people's windows. And now we have a tree and we laid it, laden it with presents at the base. You're listening to Red Button with special guest, Jill Ball. just a few minutes left of red button this is our christmas special completely uh, at the wrong time of year it was a little way to go to christmas but we've enjoyed it and uh, we're gonna ask jill i'm gonna ask everyone this question jill what would you like for christmas that's a big question i think for myself i'd like a peaceful family time lots of um good food and good company um, no family arguments everyone in good health um there we go that's oh, a very, a very, uh, very good uh, wish there, Ian. What about you? I want what Jill's just said, and I would also like um, some very high quality red wine, as purchased by Lord David. I'd like a good book, a small quantity of chocolates, a classic film, and a walk on a cold, crisp morning. In that order. Not necessarily. <laughs> I, I would like there to be a degree of spontaneity in my Christmas day. Thank you, Mr. Lawrence. Now, and let's turn over here to my left to uh, the magnificent Mike. Yeah, thank you. What would that. you like, Mike? Well, um, it's time for thinking about uh, uh, people who are uh, not so uh, well off and their situations is not uh, ideal. And uh, I'd rather have... Uh, not have the need for, uh, for, for example, food banks, uh, for people not to be hungry and uh, have to stay in night shelters. And uh, uh, perhaps there's a call for doing what, what we can to, to help. Marvellous. OK, and uh, of course, all I want for Christmas is to be able to, for Mike to say, Camulogenum. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jill. Happy, happy, Jill, let's turn to your last choice of music, our final bit of Red Button tonight. And you've chosen ELO and a track called Horace Wimp. Oh, this is my granddad's favourite. He loved ELO and this was his favourite track. It's just, and it's so sad, you have to listen to it word for word. Late again today, he'd be in trouble, though he'd say he was sorry. He'd have to hurry out to the bus. Tuesday. Horace was so sad, he'd never had a girl that he could care for. And if it was late once more, he'd be out. Uh-oh. Don't be afraid. Just knock on the door. Well, he just stood there mumbling and fumbling. Then a voice from above said, Horace Wimp, this is your life. Go out and find yourself a wife. Come on, take a step. Be a And you will have a great life you can do. She was small and she was very pretty He thought he was in love He was afraid Uh-oh Asked for a date The cafe down the street tomorrow evening His head was reeling When she said yes don't be afraid Just knock on the door Well, he just stood there Mumbling and fumbling Then a voice from above Said, Horace Wimp This is your life Go out and find yourself a wife Oh my God so that is the end of Red Button tonight. Thank you so much for listening. And I'd just like to say a very special thanks to a lot of our contributors who, without very much notice, uh, gave us some magnificent postcards. That's Lord David, John in uh, Istanbul, Adrian in Jogjakarta, and the brilliant Pamela in Seattle. Red Button's back next Thursday, 9 o'clock, here on 106.6 FM Colm Radio with more later evening conversations and music. So from all of us, goodbye, and may the road rise with you. Horace cries, Sunday. Everybody's at the church when Horace rushes in and says, Now here comes my wife. For the rest of my life, and she did. Don't be afraid, just knock on the door. Well, he just stood there, fumbling, fumbling. Red Button is a guppy production for Cone Radio.